0: psyching myself up, a boy preacher flying to Texas for Holy Ghost revival to tell people you could be free from fear and I'm scared to death. And then you get on the plane and they tell you like you haven't been in a car for years how to put on a seatbelt. How many of us to put on a seatbelt? I put it on. Then they say, by the way, if you experience some kind of turbulence, there's a flotation cushion underneath. And if we crash, grab it like you need to hear it. I don't want to hear that, but I know it's there. And if you want to, you can puke up your liver. Amen. You can just barf. Here's the barf bag. And then they say, there's the exit doors right here. Like you're going to walk out thousands of feet in the air, not on your life. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm scared, more scared than I was when I got on. The longer I live, my favorite scripture is when Jesus said, lo, I'm with you always. Shout (laughs) amen. (laughs) Some. But I want you to look at me. I want to take you through some therapy. In fact, Holy Ghost therapy is going to set you free because I just flew back from Texas. I had Holy Ghost revival last week in Texas, and I got on that plane, and I slept just as sound as a baby. I quote a scripture, I'm not afraid to fly anymore because Jesus set me free. I'm so glad Jesus set me. Come on, give God a hand of praise. Everybody say, face your fears. Fear, one of the greatest fears. Now, they talk about the fear of, of rejection and the fears of failure and the fear of the future and the fear of dying and the fear of the unknown and one of the greatest fears is glossophobia, the fear of speaking before public. And you may have that. My first time I spoke, I knew I was called a priest, but I was scared to death. I had about an hour's worth of notes. In five minutes, I was through. How many can I identify with that? My knees were having a fellowship meeting. Amen. Got a frog in my throat, gave birth to tadpoles. Butterflies in my stomach. Looked out and people looking at me like they'd been slapped with a wet skunk. Lord, how am I going to deal with these people looking like this? God said, close your eyes and preach, amen. And I closed my eyes and preached. Listen to me. That's been 43 years ago. Tonight I stand before you. I'm not afraid to face you, to preach. I can preach to anyway. Why? Because I'm so glad Jesus set me free from fear. Give God a hand of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Another fear I was obsessed with. I mean obsessed with. If I would hear a rattlesnake, I'd die. If I'd see a copperhead, I'd die. A plastic snake on me, you'd die. How many knows what I'm saying? I hated snakes. And I remember when. Me too. You know what I'm saying? I remember when my wife called and said, "Come quick! There's a snake out back." I raced, pedaled to the metal, came to the parsonage. Where's it at? Got my 38 revolver, went out back, and looking for a big old rattle-headed copper moccasin. Hey, man, that's the only kind I know. I looked. There's a garter snake. That long. I shot it five times. You couldn't tell it was a snake when I got <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. But I'm going to tell you the other day, I'm talking about being set free. You know, that was then. And I was obsessed with that fear. And I hated snakes, and I still don't like them. I don't play with them. I don't mess with them. But underneath the house, just two years ago, the curled coil killer struck. And when it struck, it hit my arm. And when it hit my arm, I looked, and there was those two... Two points in my arm, and God said these words, be not afraid, you will not die, you will live. I shook it off, crawled out from under that house, and I've been living ever since. I want to shout, out I'm so glad Jesus said, come on, give God a hand of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Paul was bit by a snake. He flung that, everybody say fling that thing. There's a place in God where you can stand the decree I'm not afraid to live, I'm not afraid to die. Gamophobia, another fear, fear of marriage, fear of being married. How many single people do we have here tonight? Let me see your hand. How many married people do we have here tonight that wish you were single? Let me see everybody in that. <laughs> <laughs> Elbows flying everywhere. I don't mind you laughing because there, there's a place where you can literally laugh at your fears and realize this thing that terrorized me. Now something has happened. What has happened? Everybody say, face your fears. It's a common fact. Fears are a common fact. Everybody has some. You deal with it. In the beginning, there was no fear. Then sin came, and Adam said, I was afraid. And Like the sword of Damocles, a hangs like a horrific terror over the entirety of civilization, fears of living alone, fears of losing your health, and fears of... Losing your job and insecurities. and we're going to have enough money to make it at the end? Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to realize the champion apostle Paul is talking to a young man that is obsessed with fears. And he said, Timothy, God didn't give this to you. You stir up that gift within you for God did not give you the spirit of fear, but of power. Everybody say power. Everybody say love. Everybody say a sound mind. Throw your hands up and thank him for a sound mind. Come on, worship him right now. Lift your voice. You need to face your fears tonight. If you don't, they'll dog your step every day that you live. These are just a few of the fears. I look at some of these fears, openophobia, fears of snakes, and public speaking, glossophobia, aviophobia, fear of flying. They call them phobia. It's a common fact. It's also a crippling force. Because the Bible says fear hath torment. That simply means haunted and taunted, the midnight hour, the wee morning hours. There are certain things that get in your imagination. And you wonder and ponder and plunder, how am I going to make it? Ladies and gentlemen, God wants us victorious, not barely getting by. In fact, he's not even looking for survivors. He's looking for overcomers. I know there are those of us that we like to say that we've survived, but God says, no, go a step further. I don't want you just to survive. I want you to revive, and I want you to thrive, and I want you to overcome. I plead the blood of Jesus over your life tonight. I cover you with the blessing of God upon your life tonight. The same devil that is trying to scare you with fears, you're going to turn the tide on him, and before midnight, the booger man's going to be scared of a ghost called Holy that's living inside of you. In Jesus' name, you have victory over the devil. Shout amen, somebody. It's a crippling force. Oh, yes, it is. Howard Hughes, the late great billionaire, was asked by reporters, have you ever found happiness with your money? He said, I've never found happiness with my money. He died an horrendous death as a recluse, afraid of germs. He would wear gloves. He wouldn't shake anybody's hands without gloves. He used five boxes of Kleenexes a day. Germaphobias, he would wipe everything down, afraid that germs would kill him. I think of these fears. We laugh at some fears, but it's no laughing matter to people that have them. Some won't go outside. They won't get in an elevator, a crowded place. What are your fears? I don't know, but God does. In a few moments, he's going to expose that fear to expel that fear. You're not going to run because fear will make you run. It It made Jonah run from God the wrong direction. When God says go east, don't head for the west, are you like Jonah? We're getting a whale of a mess. Shout amen, somebody. It caused Aaron to give in to the people and turn his back on God. It caused Elijah to run from a wild woman called Jezebel. It will make you run. There is a sense of flight that will come on you. i got to get away from this. i got to shake this thing. Tonight we stand and we face our fears. Why? Because not only is it a common fact, it's a crippling force. It will destroy you. It was Franklin Roosevelt that told his son Jimmy, When he was elected president, he said, I've only had one fear all my life, the fear of fire. But now he said, I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to do this big job that has been thrust upon me. But the president, in spite of polio, in spite of setbacks, in spite of facing the bull demon from under the world in the form of a war, he stared down his fears and made a broadcast that settled this nation with a sense of calm. And here's what he said. We have nothing to fear but fear itself. And then he led us in prayer. I had a thought. I'm dreaming, but I'm believing that soon our president and vice president is going to lead America in a prayer as we go back to God. Come on, everybody say America back to God. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Lift your hands and praise him tonight. Lift your voice and praise him, everybody. the White House to the courthouse to the schoolhouse to the church house to the state house to your house the sense of insecurity, financial insecurity, a sense of mental trauma and insecurity. 9 11, how many remembers where you were 9 11, 2001? Another day that will live in infamy, a microcosm of the tribulation period blood, fire, vapor, of smoke. We'll never forget that day. When 19 demon-possessed men commandeered a day to shake us to our very core, and here's what they did. The devil hit <coughs> not just our military system, the Pentagon, to destroy America's military might, but they also hit our monetary system, the Twin Towers, to let us know. devil says, I'm going to destroy the money and the military might, but they also hit the mental System. Every American suddenly realize it'll never be the same. In the airports, everywhere you go, a sense of terrorism. At one time it was Nazism, then it was communism, but now it's terrorism. Another word for fear. Today the terrorist called Satan is hounding and haunting humankind, trying to strike terror in your heart. Here's what the Bible says: Men's hearts shall fail them for fear when they see those things that shall come. Men's hearts shall fail. But God says, I've not given you the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Here's what he said, some of his last words. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. If you look around, you'll be depressed. If you look behind, you will be distressed. But you look up and you'll be blessed. I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from which cometh my help. Because not only is fear a common fact and a crippling force, but fear is a conquered foe. I said it is a conquered foe. John saw him on the Isle of Patmos, a rock-like island protruding out of the Aegean Sea. He was there for the testimony of Christ. When he turned, he saw a royal, regal, resurrected, majestic Messiah. He one little man on a cross on a picture on a wall. He was the conquering king of kings and lord of lords, hair white with a wool of many winters and pap girt with a golden girdle, and he had in, in his mouth a sharp sword. John said, I fell out of fear, but he touched me and said, Fear not. I'm the first. I'm the last. I'm a he that liveth. I was dead, but behold, I'm alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and hell. What are you saying? Fear not life. Fear not death. Fear not eternity. Jesus stared down fear, put the devil on the run, pulled the sting of death, arose with the key swinging by his side, and he's alive today. Easter is forever. Give God a hand of praise. Lift your hands and praise him one more time. Jesus, Jesus. Shema so riki Thank you, Holy Ghost. Fear is a conquered foe. Now, I'm gonna tell you how me and my wife dealt with our fears. Here's how we overcame our fears. Afraid of death, afraid to speak. Afraid to face people, afraid of the future, myriads of fears. God led me to her. And today, Pastor, I was watching. I was watching your general overseer, Tim Hill, preach for Jimmy Swagger. How many saw that today? I mean, he was preaching, and it was powerful. And I thought, wow, the anointing was so great. There is a revival hitting the church of God. How many knows you've got a powerful general overseer? an affinity for the church of God because my wife was church of God. I was assembly of God. She was church of God. And so, but I remember that when I first saw her, I got a funny feeling all over I knew it was either in love or had the smallpox. How many ever got that feeling before? And God said, there's your wife. I've chosen her for you. And I knew it. Now I had to convince her. Begin to date her. Dad is a long-legged devil-chasing Church of God, camp meeting preacher. Her uncle's a camp meeting preacher, and it wasn't long before me and her we got close. And I began to say, tell her I believe they believe I'm called to preach. I told her first, and then I said, Would you marry me? She said, Let me pray about it. Made me mad. I just thought she'd say yes, but she eventually said yes, and then we set a date. My birthday, February the 14th, Valentine's Day. We're going to get married. I knew it was God. We'd heard from heaven. Didn't have a job. Didn't have a home. But I knew God called me to preach. The presbyter said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to be an evangelist. You got any revivals? No. How are you going to be an evangelist Well, that revivals? And they all laughed. They just all laughed. I mean, I laughed right with them. (laughs) Amen. i just so poor. (laughs) But I knew God had called me. (laughs) How many of those were he guides? He provides. How many knows if it's his will, it's his bill? Shout him in somebody. (laughs) How many believes he pays for (laughs) what he orders? And my mom and dad were excited I was called to preach. But they didn't know I was supposed to get married that fast. I didn't have a job, a place to live. And I can remember them arguing into the night how they're going to make it. I didn't know I was going to make it, but I knew God. Everybody say, God, listen right now, today, tonight, we're going to face our fears. If he's provided this far, what makes you think he's going to fail you now? What makes you think that he's going to drop the ball? How many knows he's going to be with you always, every day, all the way, 24-7? I'm talking about 19 days a week and 453 days a year, shall I? <laughs> Ooh, Jesus. And I didn't have a place to live. And finally, now God never parts the water till you get there. So for those of you that are waiting for things and you're just looking, oh, God, I can't see it coming together. Well, stop looking out there. Don't even face your future. Face your fears and say, get out of my way. God's with me, for me, around me, and upon me. And finally, they were scared. We weren't scared. We acted like we had good sense because we knew that Jesus was with us. And then right before we got married, we got a beautiful three-room apartment. It was lovely. It was improved and remodeled, and it was over a funeral home. And it was almost as if the undertaker said, if you got the nerve, you can live there free. Amen. And so they gave us the keys. I'm telling how we faced our fears. This was our first home, little one-horse town called Irondale, Missouri. You know where that is, Debra. You know where that is, don't you, Pastor? Nothing going on. Didn't have any money, but now we had a home. We spent our honeymoon over funeral home with a visitor downstairs. <coughs> they told me he was dead, and I believed it. I didn't go down to check. But I can remember, no money, knowing God called us, full of fears, getting ready for boot camp, getting ready to face <laughs> our fears and deal with insecurities that I needed to deal with because I was getting ready to go on the front line and face bull demons from another world. I'm telling you how we faced our fears. And I remember the night when we walked up that big, long flight of stairs, and I picked her up. That broke my back, but I picked her up, and I carried over the threshold. And I shut the door, and we went in to prepare to live in that beautiful, beautiful home. I tried not to tell her somebody was with us, but she knew in her mind that there was somebody else downstairs, but they would not going to bother. Sometimes dead people don't bother you. So when she went in, I locked the door, and then I put the couch up against the door. Well, I told you I was full of fears. Twenty years old, we lay down, and all of a sudden, the bed starts shaking and shaking, and she says, D- John, the bed's shaking. I said, honey, it's just your imagination. No, there's nothing going on, and everything's okay. And then about that time as we prepared to sleep, the shade flew up. When the shade flew up, I about raptured mature. <laughs> Within seconds, something fell in the bathtub. Pow. It's dark. It's a one-horse town. The wind is blowing outside. And me and her, are there on Main Street in a funeral home, not by herself. There's something going on. And almost immediately, the commode lid fell. These things happen in succession. If I'm lying, may lightning strike your pastor right now. But anyway, no, no, no. He said, "Tell the truth." I'm telling you the truth, Deb. Am I telling the truth? Tapping in succession, as demons begin to play with my head. Your imagination's the strongest nation you'll ever face. Consternation, imagination. You can hear all kinds of things. I think I heard the man get out of the coffin. I think I heard the coffin creak and the lid come up and I think I heard him walking around downstairs. But that time the bed was really shaking. And then Tip said, John, there's something going on. I said, No, 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 it's your imagination, honey. Everything's okay. This is just the devil. Devil, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Get out of here. And I begin to try to go to sleep. About that time the roof in the living room fell down. The roof fell. It was it was a few of these cardboard or not cardboard but uh, sheetrock things that are just about eight by eight and they begin they fell. About four or five of them fell, then the roof fell. When that happened she jumped out of the bed crying, said, John, I don't want to stay here. I said, Huh, this is the only place we got. Besides that I knew if we left we'd have to go down by the parlor to get outside. I didn't want to go downstairs. She said, let's pray. We got down on our knees by the bed. I said, Father, in the name of it, she she jumped and screamed and jumped on top of me. And she was on my back screaming. I said, what are you doing? She said, something touched my foot. I said, if you do that again, I'm going to touch your neck. I said, don't you ever do that again. Am i telling the truth. This happened in succession. And finally, she was like this. And we prayed. We pled the blood of Jesus. I don't know what's going on really don't but I know that fear hath torment. How many knows fear hath torment? You're laughing. I'm laughing now. I wasn't laughing then. And then we lay down and I said, God, please help us to get through the night. And all of a sudden there was a chime that went off and came from downstairs. It was a chime. I thought, surely this ain't happening. God'll i be a missionary to Africa if you let that go away. Seconds later, another chime. Every 30 seconds, chime. I said, Jesus, don't let her wake up and don't let her hear that. She heard it and she sat up in the bed. She said, John, you hear that? I said, No, I don't hear a thing. Honey. Go back. That noise, John, something's down there. Somebody needs to go down. You go right ahead. I'll wait right here. Now, we didn't have a phone. I told you I had no money, no revivals, but we had a free place to live. (laughs) And then she said, John, I can't take this. Now, fear hath torment. I don't mind you laughing because years ago I used to preach this message, but it's been a long, long time. But recently, just two days ago, God said, my people are dealing with fears. And I want you to face your fears. And tell them it will destroy them if they don't destroy it. And so I don't mind you laughing because there's a place where you can really laugh at your fears and laugh at yourself. And you can really laugh at the devil and back him in a corner and he don't know what to do with a bunch of crazy spirit-filled people that are full of the Holy Ghost and just happy all the way and nothing can get us down or drag us down. It fell my I said, huh, now, listen, we didn't have a phone. There was a phone down in the parlor, but I would not going go down and get the phone to call Dad. If I had a phone up there, I'd have called Dad and said, Dad, i got some tithe for you. If you'll come over, it's several hundred dollars. I'd never die. But I didn't have a phone. In fact, the whole time we lived there, we never had visitors. My, my family would honk the horn and wave as they went by, but nobody came to see us. John Wesley was two years old. He was born there two years old that's where we had our that was our boot camp and finally i said baby you stay right here i'm going to go see what it is and so i said now stay right here everybody has got everything under control i quoted all the scriptures i knew and when she stayed in the bedroom i went and i moved that couch from that door opened and locked it and i stepped outside and i was going to wait there for about three minutes then come back in and make up some kind of big story. I oh, wasn't nothing, huh? I was going to lie, but I was going to pray through over lying. You know what I'm saying? I was going to repent. But better to lie than to die. You know what I'm saying? It's just the lesser of the two. But Isaac Nana wasn't staying in there. She followed me out, and she was shaking just like this. And I mean, she was shaking. Because I didn't realize it, but not only did I have a lot of fears, but she had a lot of fears. And then I began that long trek down to the bottom of the stairs where there was a door and that door went into the parlor and in the parlor it was dark and there was a coffin and there was supposed to be somebody laying in that coffin that was dead but as I walked down that stairs and I looked up at her and my life flashed before me I said God you've got to help me I mustered up all the strength I could get and I reached out I was down there all too soon I didn't want to go through that door. I didn't want to see what was on the other side. But I looked up and she was shaking. It fell my lot to do it. As the men of the house, I reached out. And I started to twist that knob. And somebody on the other side was twisting the knob. I felt that hand. That's how it felt anyway. How many knows that's how it feels? Not really, but you can feel that. And you can hear every sound. Your imagination will go crazy. I didn't know what it was, but the wind was whipping outside. It was dark. And my life was in front of me. I was getting ready for ministry. and My wife was scared to death. Fear has torment. And I reached out to touch that and I opened that door. All of a sudden, pow, well, get back up in the seat. What's wrong with you, folks? You're more scared than I was, and you're not even there. you preached me the greatest illustrated message I've ever seen. Did you see Deidre fall out of the seat right there? Did you see the pastor's wife? When I reached out to open that door, it sounded like that to me because all of a sudden that alarm went off. It was loud. And I walked in there and looked, flipped the light on. The person was still dead in the coffin. I'm glad for that. Everybody say amen. But the alarm went off loud. 30 seconds. I looked It was up on the wall. And then I realized it's the doorbell. And somebody had taken a toothpick, broke it off, stuck it in the doorbell, and every 30 seconds that would go off. I don't know who did that. But if I ever find out who did that, I don't care if I'm in heaven. We may be at the marriage supper getting ready for a great meal. And all of a sudden, somebody screamed bloody murder and takes off down Glory Avenue, and I'm chasing them. Amen. I will find out who my, my family says it wasn't them. It must have been somebody trying to play a trick on me, but it's scared as half to death. But I will lay hands on them without praying. How many knows what I'm saying if I find out who it was? Maybe in Rick Way. <laughs> haven't faced him. Three years. We lived over funeral home. Three years. I faced my fears. Three years how I dealt with it. When the Bible says he did not give you the spirit of fear, fear is a spirit. There are natural fears, but there's also a spirit of fear. And that spirit of fear will jump on you and then jump on that person with you. And pretty soon everybody around you is scared half to death because there's a spirit of fear. It's a mood. It comes into an atmosphere. Somebody said has cancer. Pretty soon everybody's scared of cancer. How many know Jesus is the answer for cancer? The Bible says, God did not give you the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. There is a ghost that haunts this church. It's a ghost called holy. I said, it's a ghost called holy. It's not the spirit of fear, but it's the power, love, and a sound mind. I said, a sound mind. This ghost scares the devil half to death. He trembles in his boots when he sees you with your hands in the air, praising Jesus, not afraid to live, not afraid to die. Me and Deb, this was our boot camp. We was getting ready to face demon-possessed people in the streets of St. Louis. A man was going to come out with a switchblade to try to kill me one night. We was going to face bull demons on the the highland of Haiti. We was going to be overseas preaching to thousands of people, demon-possessed derelicts. God knew it. So God said, John Davis, this is your boot camp. I want you to face the devil, back him in the corner, and the power in the name of Jesus will scare him to death. Come on, folks, let's turn the tide on the devil. Let's turn the table on the devil. And for three years, I memorized books of the Bible. I would quote scriptures. I would go downstairs in the parlor. I don't care if there was one body or two bodies. I'd pray in the Holy Ghost quote the book of timothy the book of philippians i quote scriptures i quote psalms 91 isaiah 35 and soon i wasn't afraid to live i wasn't afraid to die i wasn't afraid of anything and then john wesley just a little baby would slide down those stairs he wasn't afraid run in that that was his playroom there in the parlor dead people they didn't bother him because you know they were dead he looked at him you know there was times i'd be down there by myself full of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> When I was down there by myself, I there was sometimes I even practiced uh, resurrection, amen. In the name of Jesus, get up. If they didn't. If they did, probably scare me to death. How many I mean, that's what going to say, I'm telling you, I faced my fears. That was 43 years ago. I want to shout it. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. <laughs> Come on, give me my hand of praise. Come on, give me my hand of praise. Hallelujah. So I'm a walking, talking miracle coming to you tonight to tell you that death is just as real as life. And that next world is more real than this world. And before we come to the end of this thing, you're going to see a whole lot of stuff going on that would bring havoc and heartache and heartbreak to a normal person, but not to the blood-bought child of God. It's kind of like the lady that was coming from overseas to see her sister. And the storm hit the boat, and the boat was raging, and the storm was raging. The boat was rocking and reeling, and but she was singing amazing grace with a peace that supersedes understanding. They accosted her because everybody else was upset. Why are you so peaceful? She said, I've got two sisters, one in New York and one in heaven. It makes no difference which one I go see. Come on, shout man! somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. The devil screams, I'm going to kill you. You're going to die. Don't threaten me with heaven. Don't threaten me with heaven, devil. (laughs) Hallelujah. On that plane, the plane goes down, sudden death, sudden glory. Shout amen, somebody. If you're a child of God, you die, you're with him. You live, he's with you. Either way, we win. Everybody say win-win. And the only loser is the devil. He's afraid of a ghost called holy. He can't stand. He looks at you. He don't see you. He sees the power that's in you the power that created him. Oh, don't you know he's the prince of the air, John? Yeah, but I know who the king is. His name is Jesus. Everybody say King Jesus. He lives with us. Lift your hands and praise him. Lift your voice and praise him. I want you to praise him for 20 seconds. Come on, praise him for 20 seconds. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, lift your voice and praise him for 10 more seconds. Oh hallelujah! 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 Lift your voice and praise Him. Glory, 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 glory. I don't mind you laughing tonight because a lot of people are crying over their fears. Smith Wilkesworth was awakened one night with a commotion at the foot of his bed, and he looked up, and it was the devil. And he said, oh, it's only you, and went back to sleep. There's a place in God. Doesn't the devil bother you? Not have as much as we bother him. As you praise God, that bothers him. Don't let him give you a nervous breakdown. Let's give him a nervous breakdown. Let's give him a coronary. For too long, we have worried. You're worrying about your kids. God told me to tell you, your kids weren't born to go to hell. They were born to go to heaven. Claim them for Jesus. I said, claim them for Jesus. You can go into a dark room and there's fear because darkness produces fears. Turn the light on and the darkness leaves. Tonight we're turning the light on. I said tonight. We turn the light on in Jesus' name. Not afraid to live. Look at me. Listen. Because the Holy Ghost wants me to pray with you about your fears. I don't even know what they are. When God resurrected this message two days ago and he said, my people today are obsessed with fears. The fears are growing old. Fears of failing health, the fears of not having finances. God said, "I want to give them a sense of security." How I many know His perfect love casts out all fear? There's a place in God of victory over fear. Jesus said, "Fear not," before He said anything, or more than more than He said anything. Before He performed miracles, He would say, "Fear not." Why? Because He knows that your future has two handles: faith and fear. Fear will cancel faith, but faith can cancel your fear. I believe God. Every need met, every bill paid, every debt eliminated in Jesus' name. If He saved you, He's able to keep you. He's able to perform and continue and finish and bring to fruition that which He started in your life. How many saved and you know it? Let me see your hand. How many saved and you don't know it? You know it if you're saved. If you're saved and you know it, you need to realize that every day that you live, as you praise God and as you stir, if I say stir, here's how you stir. I'd go down to the funeral home, and I'd walk in there and turn that light on. And I'd pray in the Holy Ghost. I lift my hands and begin to praise God. As I begin to praise God, I turn the light off. I'll do it in the dark in Jesus' name. I'm not afraid. I'm going to face my fears. I'm going to overcome my fears. And the night that the man jumped out with a switchblade, I was still a boy preacher. But I had faced my fears in the boot camp, and he came toward me to take my life. As he came toward me, I realized this was it. Do or die, sink or swim, I'm facing a serious situation. Now, I'll be honest with you. Every so often, you've got to take those fears and push them back because they try to rise back up. David said one time, I will fear no evil. A few chapters later, he said, what time? I am afraid I'll trust the Lord. How many knows he said that? I felt fear come on me. And I had a word of knowledge. Here he comes with that knife. I know what I'll do. I'll turn the service back to the pastor. Come on, shout amen somebody. I turned to give it to the pastor, but the pastor was on his knees. He knew Bob was mean. He, he was sober. Tonight he was drunk. He came with that switchblade, and suddenly I stood there, and I realized this was fear. You've got to stir up that gift within you. Here's the way I did it. I grabbed that black back book, and I raced toward that man with the switchblade. He had the switchblade. I had the sword of the spirit, and I raced toward him, and I said, in the name of Jesus, he stopped, and he backed up. When he backed up, that gave me more boldness. I mean, it was the fear of man bringeth a the snare. I'm not going to fall in a trap. I had more boldness. I backed him up. When he backed up, I said, in the name of Jesus, I set you free to make a long story short. I saw something that Stephen King and Spielberg and John Carpenter could not make a movie to depict the horrors of a demon-possessed man, the guttural sounds coming out of his belly as he ripped his clothes and was screaming and crying incantations. He writhed on the floor like a snake, but at midnight, he was laying there peacefully with his hands in the air, praying in the Holy Ghost, full of the Holy Ghost, full of the Spirit of God. God set him free from demons, filled him with the Holy Ghost. And three weeks later, saved his family, his wife and his kids. And the last time I heard, Bob was driving a Sunday school bus for the church in St. Louis. Come on, give Jesus a hand of praise. Hallelujah. Come on, give him a hand of praise. The funeral home was my boot camp. It was there that I faced the fear of death, the unknown, dying, the future, fears, worries. You're either a warrior or you're a warrior. You can be a warrior or a warrior. How many wants to be a warrior? As I came up here tonight, I've been preaching the past two nights in Kansas City. As I came up here thinking, of your pastors and how proud I was of them because I know where they came from and I see how far they've come since a short amount of time. And I thought, wow, God, if you've accomplished this much in a short amount of time, you must have some mighty big things in store for the Tyndalls. And I said, God, I'm so proud of them. I talked to Ken just before I came up. He loves you like you're his own kids. We talked about how God has used you. And then I thought of Springfield, Missouri. I thought about, I used to work in the headquarters here. 10,000 teenagers, 400 churches. I was youth director over the state of Missouri. Done the youth camps and and done all the conventions. And and I preached in about all the churches. The big assembly of God churches in this town. And when God told me to leave the assemblies, he said, bow out gracefully. Because I'm going to use you to bring revival to them. But he says it's going to be more than assembly churches. It's even going to be more than Church of God. How many knows he's going to revive the body of Christ? He's going to shake this whole city. I thought, wouldn't it be something if God raised up Awakening Church of God and brought the Tyndals from down around Potosi, Missouri? That's where we're from, and we come up here together. Wouldn't it be something if God's got something so big in store that every church in town is going to be invaded by a ghost called Holy and the next thing you know, the headquarters, the religious headquarters, is going to experience the fires of Holy Ghost revival in Springfield. Come on, give God a thunder, salvation, and praise. I prophesied in Jesus' name. Hallelujah! Sure, I felt that when I said it. And as I drove up here, God said, "Tonight, I'm going to raise up a well-regimented, mighty militant army." Someone wants to be a fear fighter. You are that person. But tonight, you're going to face your fears. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. Some of you are always stirring it up. Amen. I love this worship. You know what we're doing? We're stirring it up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Didn't say God's going to stir it up. said, you stir up the gift of God. You do it through praise. You do it through harima so Come on, lift your hands and begin to praise him in the Holy Ghost. I'm not afraid of that sickness. I'm not afraid of the. Come on, praise him in the Holy Ghost. Praise him in the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Jesus. I feel that anointing. I feel that anointing. Jesus, Jesus. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, I want to pray for the worship team tonight. Is it okay if I have my son to come and play the piano, son? I want you to come. And I just want you to start playing, but I want everybody here to look at me. Because recently we've experienced a miracle that is so supernatural. God told me. He said, tonight I'm going to raise up some fear fighters They're going to face the fear of sickness, dying, death, financial instability, and they're going to face it down. And you're going to rise with supernatural victory, not as a warrior, but as a warrior. How many wants to be a warrior? In Jesus' name. Now, bow your head and close your eyes. Whisper Jesus three times. Spirit. We've laughed. I've laughed at myself. Me and Deb look back and laugh at those days now. It wasn't funny then. It was boot camp. It was training. It was dealing. It was facing some stuff. I don't know what your fears are, but I know today the financial uncertainty Issues, family issues There are many. But I want you tonight. Say Jesus three more times. Now close your eyes. Nobody looks. I love this worship team, and I—I I was thinking about bringing all them up here, but I want to pray for them. So as my son plays softly. The atmosphere is already here. Pastor made sure of that. Before he gave me the microphone. Glory is so thick. It's still here. But I want judgment day honesty right now. Because I didn't come up here for you just to laugh at me and my wife and what we've been through. We'll laugh with you. But I want us to be able to laugh at your fears and face them down as well. So I'm going to count to three when I hit that number three. If you'll say, John Davis, tonight I need to face my fears. I have them. I know what they are, and God's telling me what they are. And I want to say that Jesus set me free too. In fact, I want to be able to say before I pillow my head at midnight, I'm so glad Jesus set me free. He said, fear not, mourn. he said anything. I'm going to count to three on the count of three. In fact, God just spoke to me. There's some of you that every negative emotion you feel, fear is in there somewhere. But some of you are under attack. You're under assault. It's a terroristic threat. As the devil tells you, you're not going to make it. The doctor shakes his head, walks away from your bed. The doctor says, the banker says, the lawyer says, but thus saith the Lord. Fear not, I am with thee. Be not dismayed, I am thy God. My God. I hear that word. I stir the Holy Ghost up when I quote Scripture. I set you free right now. I want to count to three. On the count of three, when I hit that number three, if you'll say, John Davis, God has shown me what my fears are, and I want Jesus to set me free tonight. On the count of three, raise your right hand and raise it high. Please. Don't run from your fears anymore. Face them. Here's how you face them. You're going to raise your hand. And I'm going to pray a prayer. And God's going to help you deal with those fears the rest of your life. On the count of three. I'm waiting for a moment because I know how the devil works. (coughs) He'll say, what are people going to think? No, no, no. It's not about what people think. What does God think? He's convicting you and dealing with you. He says, fear not. He'll set you free. and give you power, love, and a sound mind. When I have that number three. If you're dealing with some fears, you want freedom from fear tonight. You want to be a fear fighter. Not a warrior, but a warrior. On the count of three, raise your right hand. One, two, three, raise it high. I got all over this building, many, many, many hands. Wow. Now put your hands down, please. Put your hands down in Jesus' name. I want you to open your eyes and look at me. I saw all those hands go up. God said tonight I'm going to anoint you and you're going to pray the command of deliverance. When you pray that prayer of faith, the fear is going to dissipate and disappear. And then when it tries to come back, you're going to stir up the Holy Ghost. (laughs) You do it through praise. You do it through praying in tongues. You do it through quoting scripture. Scares the devil half to death. Recently, my wife experienced a miracle. In a few moments, she's going to come right here and tell you what God did for her. Because in a few moments, when I pray the command of deliverance for you, God's going to bring healing to sick bodies. How many knows he's the answer for cancer? How many knows he can set you free in one fell swoop, head to heel, nose to toes, up and down, through and through, hat, pocket, book, and shoe? I am healed. I am free. I am ever put whole in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If he ever opened blinded eyes, he can do it again. If he ever healed the sick, he can do it again. If he ever raised the dead, he can do it again. How many knows he's victorious even over death? Hell in the grave. Baby, come up here. Jonathan Isaac is, is living with us. This is my grandson. Step right up here, hon. I want Debbie to tell you what happened because two days ago when I left to go to Kansas City, the pain that she was carrying was horrific. And I left with her in tears. And somewhere along the line, her and I, it got to have camp meeting watching Benny Hinn and great men of God, Brownsville Revival. And they began to stir up the Holy Ghost. When I called, the Holy Ghost had hit our lodge in 40 acres. She had victory, and Isaac had victory. The dogs had victory. The cats had victory. Every animal on that property. <clears throat> Hold them my close and tell them what happened, huh?
1: I needed this was 1992 God knew I needed that in 2018 in 1992 he knew it and he knew that I was going to be sitting there and I was going to be watching that and if I would obey him that I would receive my healing and so when he said those words I I said that wasn't a coincidence he said I Someone who has a spine problem. And my spine hurt so bad the day John left, I was I really was in tears when he left. When I raised my hands toward that TV, and the pain is all gone. I can stand straight without pain. And I give my God the glory, all the glory, just because he told me, and I hope he will heal you when you obey him and do what he says to do. Believe his word. It's there for you. It's promised. Just claim it.
0: Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. I'm living with a new wife. She's just excited and she's dancing around and I'm I don't want it to stop, amen. I'm, there's something going on. Now look at me, listen to me. How many needs a physical healing tonight? Let me see your hand. Raise it high. Raise it high. You need a physical healing. Okay, tonight, me and Deb, Deb especially is going to lay hands on you and claim that healing in Jesus' name. I want everybody to stand across this building. Everybody to stand. Deb didn't know I was going to ask her to do that, but I knew that she had to tell it. This is the first time we've been in church together since this happened yesterday. If you lifted your hand and you're wrestling with fears and you want deliverance from your fears, on the count of three, get out of your seat and walk right down here and stand. Hurry. One, two, three. Come and stand. If you raised your hand, come and stand and face me. is a good crowd but there's somebody else raised your hand you're not up here you need to face your fears and stop running from them don't even try to ignore them that fear will grow as a preacher boy 43 years ago living over a funeral home I've dealt with some stuff and we laugh now but we didn't laugh then it was pretty serious we laugh now and I don't mind you laughing with me there's probably about five more people dealing with some serious fears. I want everybody to raise your hands. If I'm talking to you, get out of your seat and come and stand. Lift your hands, everybody. And begin to praise him.